Do you remember? Twentieth September. Your kids' wedding. I'm leaving. No. Uh, here's the deal. Do you remember when we first met? No, I don't. <laughs> no, I don't. It was it was pretty memorable for me because I knew who you were. Yeah, big fucking deal. You went. <laughs> All right, nineteen <laughs> seconds in, and we're violating the. Uh... You were. Uh, you went to Are the. We on the thing. Yes. We just started. Yeah, um, yeah. Primary. You just start, you went to the Grand like Theater. I don't remember Jesus. what movie it was. Stupid. And I was an usher there. And I tore your ticket. And I, I knew <laughs> who you were. You were very nice. It was just, hey, Such, how you doing? Because my dad had listened to Sports Talk. And you said, yeah, okay, where do I go? On the main floor. And that was seven <laughs> seconds of uh, my my claim to fame with that Joe Suchere. Good story. Pretty neat. You know what I took out of that was not only Joe, our listeners saying, I listen because of my dad, but now so are your staff members saying, I knew who you were because my dad yeah. listened. M- my yeah, dad hates really, your program. So that's really oh. bad. That's really yeah, bad. Yeah, well, your dad doesn't know what he's doing. Maybe. Right. Well, that was a bad thing. That, <laughs> that, that didn't that work, was, did it? I don't, I, it I, was, I, it was, I, I grasped the spirit I of it. I apologize. That was, yeah. That no, you know, I apologize. That no, was Kenny would have said that. Kenny would have said that to you. I know, but I apologize. That was stupid of you. Nah, I set you up. <laughs> I set you up. Well, you did, but I shouldn't have taken the break. What is, is Kenny this? watching? TV. The girl that played with fire. Not you reckon? Do you recognize that? One of the four novels by the Swede. Yeah. God, I yeah, love and those so much. and they made made them into movies, um, but they're all foreign language, so you have to have the uh, captions up. Really good too, Joe. That Man, Daniel Craig God, version of uh, the girl that played with uh, what, what was it? The girl on the train, or the girl oh, with, with the, the matchbox cars? Yeah, yeah, that's one. Uh, the one with uh, Daniel Craig. That's a pos compared to the uh, foreign language version. What's her name? The actress. <coughs> What was the name of that? The girl with the hot the, tattoo? Uh, Mara. Niece yeah, Rooney, yeah, Rooney Mara. Rooney Mara. Is that her name? Uh, yeah. Yes, Chris. Rooney Mara. No, you said Joe. Oh, I have your ads. No, I, I'm ready to write them down. Fratelloni. Yeah. Has anybody been to Petit Leon in Minneapolis? And Chris. E- EcoFun, Eckberg Lammers, and The Schmelz. This girl is on fire. I need a thing here, Rook. Kenny. You can't spend the whole show doing your fucking phone and your wedding too. Do the uh, I'm not doing wedding Do emails. this thing here. I don't she have to phone. do anything for the wedding. She's got a 74-page report. Hey, I gotta help Jennifer on Friday. Yeah. All shit into I the can't wait. Club. You I know, can't wait for you to bring in flowers. I'm calling when you. you're the hired Chris, help, Chris, I'm the help. tell him to I'm shut his goddamn mouth. He's the hired help. Fix this. I'm gonna right now. I'm gonna give Kenny his ads, and then I'm gonna fix your computer. I got it. Would, would you remind Joe that we're Joe, we're, we're we're being we're live. <laughs> this is it, folks. This is the kind of you're paying for. And you and you wonder why all of you important I people watching this, you wonder why I've had my reservations for months about this. Just now. give me my ads, there, uh, Sherlock. Seafoam. Yeah. Maple Grove. M G L S. Sponsors, yeah. Hey, that's it. Seafoam and Maple Grove. That's Boy. it. Yeah. Well, well, Why? Because rookie has three and I have two. 
I might not be here Friday. Well, I need to know that now, sir. Uh, I'll tell you Friday morning. Sweet. <laughs> well, then remind me to have you do seafoam tomorrow, then, in the event that you're not here Friday. Yeah. We'll see. Mission accomplished. <laughs> I love all of you so much. Hello, this is Rat. Rat. Remember Rat, the band? Round and round. Round and round. That was a banger, wasn't it, John? Face shot. Come on. John's a huge fan of the hair metal band era. Hair band should all be. I blame Van Halen. They started it, although I like them. You are correct. Okay. Can you? We can hear her. Okay. Do you have a contact number or a person for the Minnesota Department of Education that I may give a inquire? Who is that? Media services. Understood. Off the record completely, Uh-oh. is it surprising to you that this went unchecked? And I'm not quoting you at all. I'm just, as an inspector general or whatever the department is, that's a lot of money to go unchecked. Understood. Understood. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. I understand. Sushery. Certainly. It's uh, my last name is M I C H A L S K I. M I C H. Hospital will tell you that. It's bad for your testosterone. Okay, I'm sorry. How about we all just smile? Oh, one more asshole asks me to smile. Not really an asshole. I'm taking a photo for you. So, what's this? <laughs> I bet you are. Okay, <laughs> you're not. You're all. You're all good. Thank you very much for the callback. I appreciate it. Bye. Where the hell is this? There you go. Department of Education. I'm on it right now. I'm looking for. They have a fraud, waste, and abuse hotline. Well, that that'd be a good yeah. place to start. Are you away for the summer. It's an 800 number. Ooh. Isn't that odd? Oh, I wonder if it's an overseeing body, meaning this would go to Washington. I don't know. What do you think, Joe? I don't know. That was probably one of the happiest return phone calls I've ever had. Oh, she was relieved. It's not us. It ain't us. I'm going to need all that. All of these numbers on this thing are 800 numbers. You're done. Do you remember? Do you remember? Don't do that to me. Well, I got it in my head. What's the what's the what's the next lyric? Oh, do you remember when we met? Joe loves it when we sing. Joe at the Granby Theater. What a great job that was! Kenny's dead on the thing live. No, he's he hasn't been on the show at all. (laughs) (laughs) You were such. Just let it go, Such. All right. Well, if it was, I want it erased. Rook, Kahuna. Uh, 
Yes. And Red Man. I would just be a smart aleck. Red Man and Kahuna. Red. No, Escape with Us Vacations with Teresa and Maria. They're only doing once a week. Got it. My sister should spend more on the podcast, don't you think? Mm-hmm. Um, oh, poop. I didn't mark. Oh, Brian. Oh, never mind. I nope. keep forgetting we're on. Yep. It's 12.02. Fratelloni's Hardware and Garden Stores. Are we ready to have some fun? Oh, yeah. Well, I'm going to do sure. this. Leroy Jenkins. Jenkins. Fratelloni's Hardware and Garden Stores. Joe, hang on. I've got to do some wedding things on the phone first. No. <laughs> put your phone down and put it on silent. Unless you're calling the Department of Education. I am. <laughs> no, you're not. Yeah, Department of Education, how are you guys today? Oh, I'd like to put in an order of like food. Yes, and the double sausage on the Red Savoy pizza. Fratelloni's Hardware. Rolling. Fratelloni's Hardware and Garden Stores brings you Garage Logic Podcast number 927, September 21st, 2022. Is today the first day of fall? Tomorrow, bro. Do you remember? No. 94 degrees was the record high on this day. Don't do that, Kenny. That was in 1937. And uh, 1974 was a chilly year. I remember that. It was 32 degrees was the low on this day in 1974. And now, from the mayor's office above the boathouse on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Chris Reavers manning Technology Corner, Kenny Olson from the Krabby Coffee Shop, John Height in the newsroom, and of course, the rookie. Here is your flash. You even have a title. Fireworks Commissioner and the Keeper of Common Sense, your mayor, Joe Sushi. Before we get into the real world, yeah. Let's go to a rural garage logic. <laughs> okay. Joe, time for some rays of hope. This is from Garage Logic, the town of Seat of Gumption County. We're familiar. This isn't Liberal Lakes Euphoria or Diversityville. Out here in the wilds of outstate Garage Logic, there are still some glimpses of life as we all used to know it. Along a lonely two-laner at the end of a long driveway, every morning since school started, there are three bicycles laying on the grass where kids rode them home to get picked up by the bus. Uh, doesn't seem to be much fear by parents or kids that the bikes won't be there at the end of the day. Also around town in three different spots by three different owners, there are vegetable stands with no one there to handle sales. Just a sign with prices and an on-your-own-honor box for payment. Sweet corn, squash, pumpkins, tomatoes, and one last one just north of Garage Logic is an Amish bake sale every Friday and Saturday. They use a little shed about the size of a fish house with baked goods, canned goods, and some crafts. Again, no one there. Just an on-your-honor box. Now, the real ray of hope isn't just that there is so much trust being displayed here. It's that the surrounding community and the individuals that make it up are honoring that trust. If all that wasn't true, all of these practices would cease, and that feeling of communal trust would cease with it. Moral and ethical behavior is indeed declining at a rapid rate, but there are still some pockets left. Keep pushing back, please, Greg, uh, in Garage Logic. The problem, yeah, 
right. The problem with those honor boxes is, and I'm sure you can relate to this, Joe, uh, they don't take credit cards. So, you know, what the hell? <laughs> I can't relate to that because I would not go to a outstate vegetable stand and expect to be able to use a credit card. Yeah, well, Kenny got me again. <laughs> a note on Shell's beer before we return oh. to the real world. Uh, from Bill Stein up in Aiken. Shell's beer came up on yesterday's show. I was born in New Elm. I assume that when August Shell emigrated to the U.S., he settled in New Elm because it was an enclave of German emigres. The newspaper there was published in German until World War II. As for Shell's Brewery, my mom had her 50th high school reunion there 33 years ago. As a young lad, say from the age of six on, my grandpa Bartle would always give me a little Shell's beer to drink with him. Growing up, Shell's was a notoriously cheap beer, along with Hauenstein and Pfeiffer's. At one time, you could get three cases for seven bucks at Ernie's Liquors in Mendota. Okay. Shell's was the prototypical, the hotter the weather, the cheaper the beer beverage. Of course, now it is a great force in the craft of beer industry. Prosit, Bill Stein. Okay. And one last note. Wait, 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 wait a second. Isn't it interesting that when World War II started, nobody in New Ulm knew how to speak German? <laughs> Suddenly the paper printed in English. Yeah. <laughs> the big flag on the header. Has anybody been watching the Ken Burns documentary? Hell no. Mm -mm. I mean to get to it. I have not. Well, started. I'm sure you'll have an opportunity. Yeah. Uh, I already know that Americans are awful people, so I, I didn't I have need not to watch it. Because the Bachelorette had, what, a three-hour special <laughs> last night in the finale? <laughs> the, he keeps running up against some very hard facts. Uh, the U.S. was struggling to feed its own population in the 30s. We had terrible uh, unemployment. We had a terrible depression. We had quotas for allowing people into the country. It had nothing to do with Jews. We didn't have quotas against Jews. We had quotas against immigrants. And uh, he, he, he acknowledges that. He, he spells that out. But, but I, I do continue to think he desperately wants us to understand that we're just a bunch of rotten people. Mm -hmm. We're not. We were, we were good people. Mm -hmm. But we, well, in any event, one final note before we move on. Uh, regarding the uh, wish by uh, Asia Chugati, the mm -hmm. city council member in Minneapolis, who wishes for uh, transport ships to be uh, elected to abdicate their <laughs> fossil fuel and wishes them essentially to be sailboats. Uh, Paul Petrzewski in Dallas sent me a screenshot of a live ship tracker in the Pacific. Oh, wow. And it is very informative. That ocean, she's full of ships. <laughs> yeah. And uh, he says, electrify them. That will not happen. Uh, it, it will certainly won't happen for many, 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 many years. But there's a great site. Holy cow, look at this. It's, it's an amazing site. Go to vesselfinder.com. I will Vessel provide Finder. this link to the Garage <laughs> it Logic is show extraordinary. Page. Look at how this. Did, how did Jerry Spice get across the ocean uh, without running into something? Feet. Yep. <laughs> well, you know, you got a point here. 
it's going to be tough to put a charging station in the Atlantic. Mm-hmm. Where do you put? I mean, right. how far? Halfway? Yeah. Uh, every quarter mile? Well, if, here's the here's the other way to look at this. If wow. the owners of shipping concerns believe it's cost effective to become electrified, they will do it. But they won't do it until that cost benefit is made available to them through some means of the ships being able to self-charge themselves or it's solar driven or whatever. And if they think that's better, it will have nothing to do with the environment. Remember, electric cars preceded gasoline cars in America, but the manufacturers realized we can make more money with gasoline. Gasoline's more efficient and more practical. It had nothing to do with the environment. Just as electrifying the world's fleet of ships will have nothing to do with the environment. If we can hang on to our freedoms, liberties, and capitalism, it will have nothing to do with with the environment. It will have to do with, you know what, we can make uh, another $2.87 an hour if we have electric ships. Well, they don't have electric ships. And they won't until it's cost effective. You have to imagine. Yeah. Um, If you hover over this map, this is so cool. Isn't it something? It shows you the type of vessel Mm -hmm. that's in the water. What's it called? What it's carrying. Vesselfinder.com. The speed at which the vessel is traveling. I didn't get that on what he said. And the year in which the vessel was manufactured. Really? This is so freaking cool. I've lost Kenny and I for the rest of the show. I can lose myself. (laughs) This is a uh, 2011 Hartapool. Yeah. Uh, It's, It's Greek. It's going 16.4 kn. What is that? Is that knots? That would be knots. Thank you. Thank you. Um, The course is 294.4 degrees. No idea what that means. Well, it's on the compass. Uh, What do you got, uh, (laughs) starboard side? What do you have, uh, (laughs) starboard? Well, it would be 294 degrees off north or whatever. Yeah. They're up north. Are they port side or what? Um, This one was built in 2011. It has a dead weight of 143.59. What's she carrying? Yeah. What's she laden with? I thought you said it told us what they were carrying. Well, this just says cargo. That's all it says. Well, do others say fruit or cars or linen? Well, I'm going to guess it either says cargo or passenger. That would be my guess. Oh, I see. There's also a tanker category, it looks like. Right. Okay, let's move on. Are you sure? This is really cool. Fishing vessel category, yeah. I uh, went to the. Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Hang on! Before cool, you start to get yeah. serious, I I just you you zip through it so fast, and I didn't want to interrupt. And you're you're zipping through stuff, so now I am going to interrupt. Oh, it gives you weather too. Uh, you talked about pumpkins and the honor system, etc. Yes. In uh, this is an email that I got from uh, Beth David in March of 2016. Hi Matt, it's the pumpkin lady from Grant. I encourage your daughter to pursue nursing as a nurse for 40 years. Blah blah. Uh, Stop by and see us in the fall. This is the place in Grant off of Jamaica Avenue that we always go and get our pumpkins every year, and it's on the honor system. Her brother came by the um, uh, station this year at the State Fair and said that Elizabeth Beth, who was a huge fan of the show, had passed away. Mm -hmm. And I just wanted to – I know her family listens to the show, and because you brought up pumpkins, I wanted to mention that because she was a very loyal garage logician and uh, had a great – 
you go there and get your pumpkins and it's on the honor system. And I just wanted to acknowledge her passing because her brother also listens to the show. So uh, it's the pumpkin you, stand still there. Uh, it's in Grant. Yep. It's the, you just go and you pay, you get the pumpkins. Grant is between Matamida and Stillwater. Correct. It's rural and it's a fantastic place. And I know David That's Downing God's country. gets pumpkins on. Snelling. Downing gets them from his own farm up yes, in Bram. So there's competition, but I just wanted to say thank you. Well, Beth plus, and plus Downing isn't on the honor system. No, he's right, he's right. Well, he's in the inner city, so he's right That's there. It, he's in the urban <laughs> core, when so you, his hand is out with a rifle yeah. in his arms. When you get there, you're going to honor David. That's, That's right. what you're going to do. Yes. Thank you. Last night, the city council held a public meeting where each speaker was allowed two minutes to weigh in on the city's proposed budget. Where was that at? It was at the Como Park Pavilion. Okay. And I went. As you I, did. As you I did? said, I would. I oh, went and oh. I spoke. Oh, what? Wow. And I found it very enlightening. Uh I'm trying to be as accurate as possible. Well, first of all, picture an outdoor but roofed pavilion. Beautiful old pavilion there on the lake. And there was a big wind blowing. It was gorgeous. And the city council members were uh, were at a table on the stage above the audience. (laughs) Oh, precious. Well, it's just just the way the room was laid out. And uh, there were benches that the attendees sat on. And I, I tried to do my best to determine, I would say, 75 people. I would say not, not more than 100 people. Wow. Surprising. There were more people walking and biking and playing with their kids and their dogs on the, on the path around the lake than there were at this meeting. Okay. Uh, the people at the meeting, demographics, please. Uh, be uh, be fully honest. You're not. This isn't a, a spin. What is it? Are they pulling down a hundred k a year? No. Twenty. Yes. Okay. Renters, not, homeowners, not, not not a terribly young group. Okay. Okay. Uh, two of the first five speakers were city workers. Uh with some justification uh, wishing for the city council to acknowledge their importance to the city. Uh, we plow the roads. We bring you clean water. Don't forget about our needs. I will add in the report that I found for a meeting like this, it is flooded with county or I'm sorry, city workers mm-hmm. that always attend this meeting to justify what they're currently doing. I, I should preface it by saying the city council president, Amy Brenmone gave introductory remarks and uh, uh, set up the evening by saying, look, we have a lot of wants and needs. Okay. So it became my turn to speak. And I merely said, do you, do people know something that we don't uh, that you can, uh, can justify a 15% increase in the budget. Is anybody here getting a 15% raise? And do you realize that this is 15% that now becomes the basis line for future for budgets next. and, and people, uh, that stir the audience a bit. And, and then I said, you know, you speak about wants and needs. Uh, what I didn't say is you have no obligation to fill every want and need. I didn't say that, but what I did say is the wants and needs we have are fiscal responsibility. 
Number we want one. some fiduciary responsibility. We want some accountability. People spend too much money, and then I was done. I, I, I Would you get two minutes? Everybody gets I two minutes. Even, I didn't even need the two minutes. Okay. And then, uh, and then some other people talked, and uh, I kind of just wandered out, and uh, I found the whole thing depressing. Yeah, sounds off-putting. Did anybody approach you after yes. you were done? Okay, what yeah. was the feedback? Well, let's not go there. Oh, okay. It was, it was, they were nice. You jerk? Oh, they were nice about it. Okay, not like the paper. <laughs> <laughs> anybody challenge you? No. Okay. No, because he spoke the truth. One What's the guy challenge? Came, one guy came up to me and he said, I want you to take a picture of something on my phone. Hmm? And it was some... I haven't looked at it yet, but I have it on my phone. And he said, I, I don't want to give you my name, but I want you to take a picture of these documents uh, that I'm involved with. And it was some sort of abortion movement he was involved in, okay. anti-abortion. All right. And uh, he wasn't even that much younger than me. Uh, I would say he was a middle-aged fellow. And uh, I did take a picture of it and I said, thank you. And and I, to this day, to this hour, I don't know what that was about, but he was very secretive and very nervous and very concerned. So he was kind of a, would you call him a one issue voter? Yes. All right. Based on, based on the confusing uh, conversation we had in which I could not get him to make it clear what he wanted me to understand. He may have not, he may not have been there for the budget 15% increase debate. What? What what depresses me is <clears throat> there should have been a hundred thousand people there. Mm -hmm. There should have been a hundred thousand people, and I guess what I don't understand is were these people who attended? What ore do they have in the water? Was what, your question answered? About why are these people oh. continuing to get away with this? Yeah, There's wait, your answer. Wait, no, I did The logistics of what you said. What are the no what, one was What are the council members that. doing while you're? They're, you, they're sitting there. So you don't direct. I don't know how what the. There's a microphone down below them, and you go up into the mic and you address your concerns, and then next. And they listen. Oh, they don't react. Say no. I'm sorry, sir. This is not. You don't interact with the council. You just plead your two well, minutes. And... You, I didn't stay long enough to know that if anybody did, I'm sure okay. you could have. Every every okay. the city council was civil, but they didn't respond directly to your. No. Hey, did anybody no. else get a? Okay. Well, no. you should have said was started with, "Hey, dummy." No, no, no. Okay. no. That's Very not civil. what you do. Civility. <laughs> but I, I, it was a great eye opener for me. It was a great eye opener uh, to corroborate that uh, we do live now, maybe this is true. The closer you get to the country's tallest buildings, but it, it corroborated for me that people, a, they're either not paying attention by people. I mean, as you look out over Como, it's just a vast area of homes and pleasant neighborhood. Yeah, and, yeah. and that's, uh, I guess what I was getting at that not enough people are paying attention. So either a people don't pay attention or B uh, people can people possibly think they're being governed well? Can people possibly think these extraordinary increases in the city budget? What are they resulting in? What is that increase going to result in? Right. What services are going to be increased by fifteen percent? And you and I know this is hyperbole, and it's not it's not come to fruition 
entirely. But but the whole vibe I got was, and, and the city council did not say this or do this intentionally. Again, they were very civil. But the whole vibe I got is we're just closer and closer and closer to we're serfs. We're, yeah. we're working for them. Yeah. And we're here to tell you we're going through the motions. We're going to we have a proposed budget increase of 15.2 percent. And we it's in our bylaws that we have to have a public hearing about this. So here we are. And you each get your two minutes, which doesn't which is okay. irrelevant to the end result. Correct. And what the only thing that struck me that could possibly stir them could possibly cause them to have second thoughts would be if there were a hundred thousand people there. Mm-hmm. Why? That's the only thing that could possibly influence them. But would that have changed any one of their opinions? Or... I would venture to. Yes. If there, so? were if there were a hundred. Yes. Grand, I they, said, they well, if there were a hundred thousand people there, that would stir them. That would. Well, they're sitting on the edge of their seats. Yeah. Joe, the crowd, the comments you heard while you were there, were they pro or con against the budget? Were they in favor of this? Well, what? Well, what, the first what, speaker was pro because she was very insistent that uh, women not be left behind. Uh, uh, they're not. I think. What, what does that mean? Well, it meant that she was in favor of some educational outreach services that need to be funded on behalf of women, and that got a big applause. I I think the people there were not conservative thinking. And and they were I, so they they just wanted a piece of the pie, basically. You can't yeah. tell me the city of St. Paul is discriminating on salaries for females no. versus a male. I, I also that, got the feeling that the city council members, they probably knew most of those people. Interesting. Yeah. OK, yeah. that the same, maybe the same. And they're good souls to show up. Good souls. But nobody showed up. Why aren't there 100,000 people? Because I think I'm trying to analyze that. Apathy. A, A, we don't care. Yep. Or B, people somehow have themselves believing that we're well-governed. What time of day was this? 5.30 p.m. I was going to say. Matthew made this point yesterday. Go ahead, Matt. I was going to say, normally, though, my point usually is we're all working. But at 5.30 well, you can. Most yeah, people can get no, there, huh? No, no five people 30, are busy. No. People have stuff going okay. on. I, I traffic. Now let's let's let's. Everything's let's, dreadful at five thirty. No, let's nip that in the bud. If there was a great awakening, if the citizens of St. Paul or Omaha or St. Louis or wherever came to the realization of how they're be governed, the last concern on your mind would be the fact that it was five thirty. That had nothing to do with it. I'm convinced that had nothing to do okay. with it. When would have been a better time? Seven. Oh, you took the words out of I mouth. don't think there would have been a dime's worth of difference at 7 p.m. Any of those people in the audience look like they have kids in hockey? You know what I mean? Because that's, I mean. I know exactly what you mean, and my yeah. answer uh, would be no. Okay. You didn't You didn't see the uh, the moms in the uh, minivans that had to. There might have been. There might have been. I parked in the parking lot with everybody else, and I don't know who drove from, what. Uh, football practice. Now they're going to scouting, yeah. and then later they have to pick up a daughter at whatever at swimming. You know what I'm saying? That's busy, a good point because that's busy, what it is. Busy now. parents. That's yeah. what it is these days. Uh, well, if you did go there in your family vehicle, I hope it was one of the uh, 
family of SUVs from Countryside, Volkswagen, and Maplewood on the southeast quadrant of uh, Highway 36 and 61, a multi-generational dealership. This is it. They don't own 50 stores. They're the oldest Volkswagen dealer in the in Minnesota until I am corrected. And the uh, family of Volkswagen SUVs are in stock and arriving daily, including the Volkswagen Taos, the Tiguan, and the new uh, family-sized seven-passenger Atlas, really a handsome vehicle with 5,000-pound towing capability, the all-electric ID4 SUV named the 2021 World Car of the Year if you are a candidate. It's only 10 minutes east of Minneapolis, five minutes north of St. Paul. Great people and great service. I've shopped there for years. Many vehicles I will continue to. You can get all the details you want about their inventory at SchmelzVW.com. Brooke? Uh, Y'all want Kahuna? Um, We're being heard right now. Yes. Yeah. So I was going to tell Kenny some things about the meeting last night, but I'm not going to. I'll do Redmond's. I'm going to wait. I'm rolling. Time for change in that dreary old kitchen of yours, right? Yeah, you've been in that house for maybe, what, 20, 25 years, 30 years? Maybe it's only 15. Well, you want the style that you want, so go check out Redmond's Flooring and Design. Yes, they do flooring, but they also do design. You go up to their place in Anoka. For the last half a century, Mike and the gang up there has been designing. You get to pick what you want. Carpet, hardwood, tile, vinyl, waterproof, whatever the case may be, you get to choose. And that's the beauty of it. They'll listen to you. They're not an overnight operation. There's no pushy sales pitch that says, we got to get this in by tomorrow. We got to get this in by tomorrow. Take your time. Do it right. That's what Redmond's Flooring and Design does. Give them a call. I'll give you the phone number in just a moment. Poke around on their website. Estimates are free. You can see all of their five-star reviews from their customers. I love working with these guys, and I can't wait to get that new kitchen floor installed. We get to pick and choose. Redmond's.com, R-E-D-M-A-N-N-S.com. They work with Mohawk, the biggest name in flooring. You're not going to be disappointed. It's a family-owned business. And again, half a century, how can you go wrong? They know what they're doing. 763 316-3332. Call them. Find out. Get a little estimate for that uh, kitchen flooring, maybe for the shag carpet in the basement, or a brand new living room floor. 763-316-3332. Call them today. Let them know what the Rook sent you. Redmond's Flooring and Design. Thank you. Copy that, Mobo. Suit. Hmm? Did you see in the op-ed to, today in the Star Tribune the piece called Your Electric Car Won't Save the Planet? Mm-hmm. The last two paragraphs, last three paragraphs, are just priceless, just wonderful. Um, because replacing one kind of car with another isn't enough. And uh, this guy who's a uh, editor at the uh, L.A. Times goes on to tell us what we really need to be doing instead. Dang, you guys should have been there. And then the other, there's another one by an attorney who. Uh, right next to it. Yeah. yeah. We must learn to love electric cars. Right. You guys should have been there during the Viking game when. Uh, you guys need to, uh, you need to do this for your own edification. I don't care if it's Blaine or a little town up north where Kenny is or Jordan or South St. Paul. When you have a chance to attend one of these 
meetings, do it, and it will help you understand what we're dealing with. But what I've noticed, and, and I purposely stay out of politics up here, is the people, the mayor, the council, everybody else, they always answer to the citizens, always, always, always. And if a zealot gets on the council and tries to cram things down the voters' throats or push his or her ideas, they immediately get voted out next election. Well, that's immediately. Good. That's yeah. the way it should be. Yeah. Um, the former president's in a bit of a pickle right now. John, you have that, don't you? Uh, yeah. Yeah. New York sues Donald Trump. <laughs> yeah. I'm reading the New York Attorney General. You know, he essentially has been running a food fraud scam. That, that's that's exactly yeah. what I was going to say. Yeah. He said he doesn't have any money. His 10,000 square foot apartment. No, no, no. It was 30,000, which basically tripled yeah. its value. Uh, which, no, Don, which you made can't do that. More up. Yeah. <laughs> property taxes are going to go higher. Call it 20, not 30. Oh, all the uh, New York people have been saying this for, well, six years. I have been said, saying, no, no. He doesn't have any money. Yeah. This is a shell game. Yeah. Well, now we know why he didn't release his tax returns. Is that the daughter he's uh, interested in? Oh, my God. Huh? 34 minutes ago, we get a tweet <laughs> from the guy that was our first sign-up. Hi, BT Oakleaf. 19 seconds, and my town council membership has paid for itself. Big effing <laughs> <and> deal. <laughs> oh, I don't, I don't get it. BT Oakleaf? He's, he's know listening him. to the show. Oh, yeah, BT? He, yeah. We know him. And he may have <laughs> Did you see the tweet about the death of the out. queen? Some of us may have no. worked with him, right? Chris? Yeah. Damn it. Now no, we know how guy. the crown ends. Different guy. Oh, yes. <laughs> not? No, not the same guy. Oh, all right. <laughs> it's already paid for It's itself. not the guy that promised to hire me in the 90s? Nope, not that's that not guy? that guy. All right. Uh, 18 seconds and it's paid for itself. <laughs> that's that's see how we provide? Well, Let's go yeah. here. Jesus. I'm not ready. Has Kenny got something? No. Calm down. Um, Don't tell me to calm down. Right. <laughs> Thank you for your patience. Uh, okay. That's the old joke about the, the doctor tells the patient to quit drinking, and the patient says, calm the bleep down. <laughs> See, it's funnier if you said oh, that. I get it. Yeah. I, took me a minute, but I, I got it. <laughs> you hear the one about O'Malley when he sets up the 10 drinks? No. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have heard. It. Okay. What do you say? Can we get go here, please? Are you ready? I got about three bucks. <laughs> no, oh six. six. Oh, was it six? Six okay. bucks. Uh, you drink like this if you had what I had. Oh my God! Oh, what my do God. you have? About six bucks. That's a great uh, airline no, it's delay not. joke. It's they love it. If yeah. I was delayed in a, a great flight. bar in Phoenix, and, or uh, I, we're Hold going on. to Fort Myers. Yep. I want to Hold start on. the show. How about being delayed on a flight and the idiot cracks a microphone and start telling jokes? Oh, I would it. stab would you him? in they the neck. It. Yeah, I do it all the time. Get this bleeping plane off the ground. I don't want comedy hour. No, You're like I, one I, of those did guys. Did you tow the damn thing yesterday with a rope? Yes, we did. Uh, we have photo confirmation that I saw wing, on social our, media. Our team got 11.1 seconds. The pilots won with 9.52. Pilots, you're in better have, shape. Yeah, I guess so. From, we from the picture I saw of you, Rook, it didn't look like you were trying. Did right. you have your shirt off, Matthew? I didn't. I only take my shirt off here. Let's go. Wait, why don't you see pictures of it? In Somebody the, tweeted God it. God bless oh. it. Because there was a guy in the photo with his shirt off. He wasn't feeling it. 
I do have to show you some TikTok on my I guy, mean, Double I mean, D. Oh, Double God, D. Yeah. I feel for these people. That Fell down their this. TikTok I'm, rabbit I'm, hole. I'm, with I'm Tron. ready. I'm ready. <clears throat> we ready? I'm rolling. Let's do this. Okay. Leroy. <laughs> Jenkins. Thank you. This guy wears many hats, just not indoors. Oh, yeah. Joe so what exactly constitutes winterizing a personal watercraft? I innocently asked the mechanic. I can answer that. Well, uh, I, I don't need you to answer this, All Joe. Right. I, I asked a <laughs> professional, not, not just some guy uh, who has relatives that own a cabin. Uh, the mechanic says, make sure he makes sure the water's drained from the jackets and the hoses. Then he puts in a small amount of antifreeze, changes the oil and filter and runs some fuel stabilizer through it. Wait, what, what, what kind of stabilizer? Seafoam, saith he, proving that mechanics know what's up when it comes to keeping things in tip top shape. Don't wait until it's too late and you have to drain the gas, pull the carb, take off the float bowl, blow out the jets. Put a little in the fuel system before it goes to bed for the season. It'll wake up happy, clean, and ready to get to work. Or take it to the next level and give everything, all the cylinders you have, an occasional slurp. That's the way Such does it. Seafoam works biblical miracles. It keeps things moving uh, moving properly. Ethanol additives and gasoline, they actually dry out the seals and leaves a varnish that makes it harder for oil to lubricate the parts. Seafoam fixes that and you'll find seafoam everywhere that fine automotive chemicals are sold a wonderful product in a world of bad gas seafoam the 240 million dollar food fraud scandal uh, needs to be or will continue to be examined uh we wanted someone on the air today to uh help us understand how such a thing could happen uh, John Height, I'm going to talk to you in a second because you're mm -hmm. going to help me. I believe it starts with the Department of Agriculture in Washington, D.C. has the drawer full of your money. And then during the pandemic, they loosened up some rules ostensibly to uh, assure that uh, kids were getting fed uh, without having to go through the various hoops they normally require. So as near as I can understand it, the money would have gone from the Department of Agriculture in Washington and to Minnesota, I believe it went to the Department of Education. Okay. Yeah. John, is that right so far? That's correct. You apply to the federal government. They distribute the funds to the Department of Education. And it was to the Department of Education that Feeding Our Future would have applied for funding. Is that correct? That uh, that is correct. Also, yes. And during COVID, uh, the the uh, those people then you apply to the Department of Education. They distribute the money uh, money to a small number of vendors. The, so feeding our future partners in quality care, that kind of thing. They then distribute more money. But when all of this loosened up, suddenly feeding our future uh, began increasing the number of vendors that they were giving money to. Well, because the scheme, according to today's Star Tribune, became so lucrative mm -hmm. that some conspirators were able to rent out restaurants, for example, at exorbitant prices just to create additional meal sites. Yeah. In Wilmer, for instance, 
conspirators paid more than 570 grand to rent the Fafan restaurant for 11 months, Mm. almost three times the restaurant's annual sales before the pandemic. The site received more than 4 million in reimbursements, half of which were pocketed by the conspirators, according to the charges. No one participating in this program legitimately would ever imagine they could make millions of dollars. Luger, Andrew Luger said, it's not possible. The uh, the way I see it, if you just put it in street vernacular, is they are running such a great scam that people wanted in on it. Right. Yeah. It was like uh, it was the guy out in New York in jail. Uh, Sid's guy, yeah. uh, Bernie Madoff. Madoff. Yeah. They were running such a great scan that were people coming up and saying, "How do I get in on this?" And they, and I'm just paraphrasing or making this up as I go, but I think I'm on the right track. They'd say, "Well, create a site, create mm-hmm. a site, and come up with some names. We'll slip you some dough, and we get a cut." Cover story. Get yeah. a cover. Story. Get a cover story. And as Kenny pointed out yesterday, what undid them is they really did did get too damn greedy. Yeah. yeah. Well, they just got too greedy. Well, here's what we found. Uh, Feeding our future. Let's see. Uh, Though some state legislators have faulted MDE for not acting more aggressively on its fraud suspicions, Luger declined to assess the department's oversight. That is not for me to say, Luger said. We are pleased by the thorough cooperation we got from MDE throughout this investigation. Well, I'm not buying that. Yes, they did get cooperation, but it was too late in coming, if you ask me. You mean to tell me that there wasn't somebody in MDA writing these giant checks to this Amy Bach and this that were saying to themselves, these people are feeding 5,000 people a day at at such and such address? These people are feeding. Go ahead, John. Well, yes, they did. In fact, when you had me research this this morning, the education department uh, actually sent a letter immediately saying we're worried because there's so many vendors now showing up from Feeding Our Future and that. At that point, though, Feeding Our Future sued the education department. And she she tried to play the race card. Exactly. She said, you're just doing this because either Somali. She being Amy Bach. Amy Bach. Amy Bach. Yep. And the education department had denied several applications before that uh, because they were worried about the number of vendors. And that's when uh, they decided to sue the education department. And at that point, a state judge ruled that the Department of Education had to move forward and give money to those uh, organization okay so so am i on the wrong track believing that's that heads should roll at mde it, it sounds like the mde attempted to show something is is amiss here mm-hmm. but by the time uh they sued the state judge who i was not able to find out who that was i'm sure it's somewhere on the line i just couldn't find it in the time frame i had a state judge said sorry uh you have to move forward you have to give this money so think to, about to that people. well the state judge was a moron well, what yes. I was going to say is what won here in the uh, virtue, other than, no, they're actually not feeding anybody. Mm-hmm. The judge said, no, 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 it doesn't, doesn't matter here. Um, Tom Hauser has a little bit of an update on this. Mm-hmm. Two hours ago, MDH response, Health Commissioner Jan Malcolm released a statement, quote, today's report from the Office of the Legislative Auditor finds no evidence that any grant dollars were misspent, awarded inappropriately, wasted, or unaccounted for during the early stages of the pandemic. Well, nonsense. You're full of crap. Nonsense. Right. Just reporting with Tom Hauser. No, tell get him on the phone. It's nonsense. I want him right now. Earlier today, going up and down the dial on my way in, I heard uh, the old neighbor 
uh, managed to get someone on, presumably from the Department of Education, and the the hosts did not were not capable of getting to the bottom of anything, okay. and uh, and nothing was learned, and there was nothing but softballs, and and it was a shame. So then I quickly. Uh, we quickly got on the bandwagon. And what did you two fellas find out when we tried to get someone? I found out we got a lot of departments. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we do. (laughs) Rook got a lot more headway than I did, though, making Uh, phone calls. I'll just start. Here's what I did. I contacted Janine Nistler, who was with the Office of the Independent uh, General. Uh, They they check out stuff. Inspector General. Inspector. Did I say independent? Inspector Mm -hmm. General. Uh, she did call me back, and she said they were not the overseeing office for this. Mm-hmm. I think she was very happy that she wasn't <laughs> right. involved with this. Right. And she suggested that we check out the Department of Education. So Kevin Burns is someone that I emailed and uh, left a message with from the Department of Education explaining the uh, kind of answers that we wanted, and I have not heard back uh, he has not texted me back, emailed me back, or called me back yet. And Reeves? Um, same. I, I left a voicemail, have not heard back from anybody. I also emailed before the show began, have not heard a response. Tom has another update. New audit of COVID funding. Minnesota legislative auditor says Minnesota Department of Health, quote, generally had adequate internal controls to ensure compliance with applicable legal requirements. However, the department had some internal control weaknesses related to grant awarding and grant monitoring. For example, in reviewing over $200 million, $200 million in funds aimed at addressing COVID-19, 35 state employees were assigned to assess grant applications, but 29 of the 35 didn't submit required conflict of interest forms, which leaves the state open to potential fraud and waste. Is this because we're just too big, or is this because we're not paying attention that this happened? Both. Which one is it? Probably both. It's both, but here's the, here's the takeaway. Uh, a, uh, the people we're trying to reach will not talk to us. And we deserve to be called back. Okay, what that means, listeners, is that they, they're unwilling to talk to you. Right. Thus, back to an earlier point. They're unwilling to talk to you because they can get away with not talking to you. They have created walls around themselves that inoculate them from getting fired, uh, losing salary, getting suspended, whatever. Uh, you always talk about the layers of protection. You can make the claim that MDE was onto this early, but that doesn't excuse the fact that, well, of course, as John pointed out, a judge intervened and said, no, you got to keep paying them. I do have some more info on that, too, by the way. It was in summer of 2021. uh, The judge uh, said... Do we know the name of this judge? We do. Yeah, I just found it. Ramsey County Judge John Guthman. Uh, He docked the Education Department for taking too long to act on the 143 applications to a federal food program, fined the state more than $47,000 in penalties and attorney fees. Uh, These were all apparently... Uh, request for money, and uh, the Department of Education thought that things were expanding too fast, too many vendors, uh, but the judge said, uh, sorry, take care of it now. So uh, that's 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 how all that happened. July of 2021 is when that happened. And that's, by the way, when the Department of Education at that point contacted the FBI saying, hey, this, this is... Did, they, did MDE, in essence, go behind the judge's back? 
I don't think they went behind the back. I think they they ended up taking care of it and kept expanding the program, and but then at the same time contacted the FBI from what I can. Uh, so MDE was trying to do the right thing. Well, from what I'm reading, yes. I don't I don't know any of the minute details, obviously, but uh, overall it looks like it. Guthman uh, is. Received his it's B.A. Guthman. Guthman, Guthman from Cornell in 76. Uh, his J.D. from William Mitchell College of Law in 80. Began his career in 79 as a law clerk for Hennepin County District Court Judge Harold Colleen. The following year, he clerked for Supreme Court Justice Chief Robert Sharon. He joined the firm, okay, whatever, in 81. Whatever, that's not important. He joined the district court in 2002. What, what's important is that this, this went on too long and... Uh, it sounds to me like uh, the judge had a role. I, I, I think I, I'm going to ask the judge uh, what he thinks now. I would have a means of being able to ask him that. Uh, and I'm going to ask him, well, how do you feel now about your decision now that you know that 250 million bucks was stolen? Well, wouldn't this essentially just be like all the judges that keep letting repeat offenders out? They're going to suffer no consequences and, and as a result. He- yeah, and isn't he going to say, well, the federal regulations had been loosened. I had no choice but to follow what the federal government told us to do with this money. I'm sure. Johnny, you sound like a spokesman. Well, John sounds like a, <laughs> John sounds like a newsman who did his job. Uh, the uh, uh, my, my overarching fear is that, again, they're not going to talk to us. We're not going to get to the bottom of it. And the cho- and the and the people they choose to talk to, the various spokespeople from MDA or what have you, the people they choose to talk to, they choose to talk to them because they know they won't be challenged. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so it, it's you, the listener, who they're not talking to. Mm-hmm. I mean, we can sit here and talk about this all day, but we'll just be sitting here waiting for Guffman. Mm-mm. No, God, no, Jeez. It was, it was there. You, you know, it's Guthman. You just couldn't resist. Guthman. I, I no. really, I you really could. That was pretty good. But we're waiting for Guthman. Oh, not Guthman. Guthman. It's a different uh, God. <laughs> oh, well, that's a lot of dough. Thank you. Well, Thank let you. me, let me, uh, and this perhaps should come up on another day. Uh, I got an email from. Uh, Kevin, who writes, Joe, I'm curious how many of the defendants in the Feed Our Future scheme were also part of the daycare scheme a few years back. If you recall, the daycare scheme was nearly identical in that they claimed thousands of fake names were in daycare in order to receive free Minnesota subsidies. He put quote marks around free. The kingpin lived just two houses away from us in a modest home in Columbia Heights. They were similarly raided by the FBI and DOJ while Keith Ellison did nothing. Nothing and nobody was ever convicted. And other than Alpha News, the media never pursued the $100 million fraud. And then he linked me to a piece that Alpha News ran on May 20, 2018. I remember this. Twin Cities television station Fox 9 this week broke a story about Somali daycare fraud and the possible support of terrorism abroad that nightly made national news. It claimed that up to $100 million in cash was leaving the, the MSP airport to various destinations, including some control by the Islamic terrorist group Al-Shabaab in Somalia. Fox 9 reminded viewers that it had investigated Somali daycare fraud 
five years ago. That would have meant 2013. And that officials confirmed there are currently 10 centers under investigation with another dozen, according to the story, that are suspicious. Sources in the Somali community told Fox 9 it is an open secret that starting a daycare center is a license to make money. The fraud is so widespread, they said, that people buy shares of daycare businesses to get a cut of the public subsidies that are pouring in. That is similar to fraud, uh, food fraud, because there were people going up to the ringleaders and saying, how do I get in? Yeah, I want some action here. It went on to say in 2015, investigators documented $14 million in carry-on cash. By 2016, it had mushroomed to $84 million. We're talking about the uh, airport. Then last year, $100 million. That last number would prove to be a source of possible weakness that, remarkably, other Twin Cities news outlets would attack. But f- the Fox 9 story said in its own reporting that the acting commissioner for the Department of Human Services, Chuck Johnson, said, I don't think half of the $200 million daycare subsidies Minnesota pay yearly sounds credible. What? What this means, we have a dispute, not about the widespread fraud engaged in by Somali daycare centers, but only about the amount and how much was sent abroad in cash and whether any of it funded terrorism. At the end of the day, only some particulars, but no essentials of the Fox 9 reporting could be quibbled with. In due course, the Islamified media of the Twin Cities struck back. First, CARES handmaidens at NPR went on the attack. Fox 9 reporting on daycare fraud called into question was the misleading agitprop headline. The only question about the story was a quote from Representative Keith Ellison and Representative Ilhan Omar, along with Governor Dayton, bleeding that the administration had been working hard on it. Right. Next came the Pioneer Press, which ran with a never-seen-before headline, Minnesota Daycare Fraud Cash Going to Terrorists? Let's unpack this. This is from an alleged straight news reporter, but reads more like an opinion piece. Have you ever seen local news media attack or attempt to reframe the narrative of an investigatory piece? Where were local media seeking to jump on the heels, uh, jump on the leads that Fox Night had opened up for them? Were they digging further into the story, trying to beat the competition? They weren't, because local media are part and parcel of the regressive left, and it's gospel that the wholesale importation of people who have nothing in common with America are the only way to improve the country. The disastrous results are seen everywhere, but local media's job is to first deny it and then call you bigoted for noticing. This is the alpha piece. NPR outdid itself, though, by going after the whistleblower, Scott Stillman, saying a previous dispute with another competing forensic investigator discredited him. This tactic is loathsome and transparent, but it did not stop NPR from running with a headline, Investigator Warning of Daycare Fraud Makes False Statements in the Past. There is no evidence that Stillman was inventing Somali daycare fraud. In fact, Somalis defraud daycare centers around the nation, something NPR seems curiously uninterested in covering. Yet even NPR reported less than a year ago on a St. Cloud daycare center being closed due to fraud committed by Abdi al-Muhammad. Admittedly, the story was very short. Hmm. Uh, Interesting. This is fascinating. Uh, And we certainly on this show were not on top of it, were we? 
Uh, no, we discussed. I it wouldn't at say that, Such. Yeah. The the food fraud? No, I think we were on. Oh, no, it food first. fraud. We were on. I'm saying daycare. Oh, the, the daycare. Yeah, we, we discussed we, it. We for sure discussed that, and we're we didn't know where to go with it because you... when the and I'll agree with Rook because mm-hmm. when the food fraud came up, we used that as a reference point. Well, we talked about this with the daycare. I remember that so specifically. There's more it, in this alpha piece. Naturally, Representative Ilhan Omar identified people who object to being robbed as the real villains, saying vilifying an entire community, as stories like this often do, does not serve justice or get get results. Oh, BS, lady. That's why you're such a fraud. Female genital mutilation, terrorism, welfare dependency, fraud, or refusal to assimilate. Why would one think there's enough trouble in her own community to keep this Islamist Barbie doll busy for the rest of her natural life? Instead, she blames citizens who welcome these people in the first place. This is some tough reporting from Alpha. In in 2018, it was uh, written by a guy named John Gilmore. It's a good piece. You know why the so-called, you know, quote-unquote media didn't change, try to change the narrative on the food fraud thing? Who broke the story? Do you remember? Fox. Sahan Journal. Oh, Sahan yeah. Journal, yeah. And yeah. covered it very well. I've been doing this research, man. And they, they, they are right down. now, too, John. They're covering yep. it really well. All of their headlines and all of their stories are about the food fraud. Yeah, they've named mm-hmm. all 40 people indicted. Yep. And they're all people from their community, yep. with the exception of Amy Bach. Virtually all the people are from their community. Uh, we're poorly served. I'll say. We're, we're poorly served. And the food fraud. By the way, by the way. Let's hear it. By the way. Do it. God, there's so much to get to. I know, and we have so little time. Biden announced a $2.9 billion fund at the U.N. to address food insecurity. Can you imagine the fraud that will take place here? What did I say yesterday? This is great that these people were discovered, but how many other programs are out there right now? President Biden on Wednesday will announce, he spoke at the U.N. today, will announce nearly $3 billion in new U.S. commitments to address global food insecurity an issue that has been worsened by Russia's invasion of Ukraine. The funding includes $220 million through the Department of Agriculture for eight new school feeding projects, which would benefit children in Africa and East India. I hope those kids get the food. Another $178 million through the Department of Agriculture will be used for development projects around the globe to promote climate-smart agriculture and address the root causes of migration in Central America, according to the White House. Let me stop right there, Biden. The last thing a kid who is starving with an extended belly is worried about is your bleeping green climate agenda. Right. That kid needs to eat, Mm -hmm. you moron. Biden will also announce a $150 million commitment from the U.S. to the Global Agriculture and Food Security Program. And he will encourage other SAPs, I mean donors, (laughs) such as governments and philanthropic groups to make their own contributions. This new announcement of $2.9 billion will save lives through emergency interventions and invest in medium to long-term food security assistance 
in order to protect the world's most vulnerable populations from the escalating global food security crisis, the White House said. God, I hope these kids get the food. But could you imagine the people rubbing their hands together, thinking now we've got a new $3 billion to play with? And you know they are. (laughs) Can you believe this? Biden is expected next week to host a White House conference focused on hunger, nutrition, and health, spotlighting the issue domestically. Okay, that's the last paragraph in this story. Isn't that interesting, uh, sir, president? If you're going to spot this, uh, spotlight this issue domestically, will you mention the largest pandemic fraud scheme in the history of the country that happened right here in Minneapolis and children were not being fed? Children were experiencing food insecurity. Will you mention that? Will you mention that your Department of Agriculture, in concert with Minnesota's Department of Education, was party to a scam that was more far-reaching than anyone ever imagined? Will you mention that, sir? You're having a big conference next week, Hunger, Nutrition, and Health. You had the biggest scam in pandemic history right here, quarter of a billion dollars. He's not going to mention it, but when they finally get to the bottom of it and a verdict is reached, he will take credit for it. Plus, wouldn't there be people at the Department of Agriculture that might have said, why is this uh, Department of Education, Minnesota, asking us for a quarter of a billion dollars? It's adding up to a lot of money here. They're feeding over a million kids. Are you What's the pay? Ralph, what's the population of Minnesota? Break that down for me chronologically, will you? How many kids they got in Minnesota? Well, we got 400,000 kids in Minnesota. They're feeding a million. Send them the check. (laughs) And why did this come in the last two years? What a bunch of BS. Well, I can answer that. And I think it's important to answer that. My question? Yes. Really? Yeah, I know you stumbled on one. (laughs) Why did this happen? That's what you're getting your money for, folks. Oh, God. (laughs) Let me see if I can find it. Okay. I asked the question, why the surge in the number of mouths that needed to be fed? According to the charges, the alleged, you asked a question. There is an answer to that. Okay. According to charges, we're back to the local food fraud case here. According to charges, the alleged scheme exploited changes in the federal child nutrition program that were intended to make sure needy children received adequate nutrition amid the pandemic. As part of the changes, the U.S. Department of Agriculture allowed for-profit restaurants to participate in the federal food aid program. Mm -hmm. Thus, all these restaurants around here pretending they were feeding kids. Regulators also let parents bring meals home instead of requiring children to eat on site. I don't think uh, any kid got to even bring a meal home from these fraudsters. Prosecutors said the rule changes made it more difficult to oversee the meals program, rendering it vulnerable to fraud and abuse. To people that could really figure it out quickly and say, you know, we can make a lot of money by not feeding children. After becoming an approved sponsor in 2018, Feeding Our Future battled state regulators over its explosive growth. Uh, okay, filing, so saw- a, filing a lawsuit that ultimately forced the department to approve dozens of sites that have been held up in the approval process for months. But remember, 
those sites had become available to be sites because of the changes in the federal rules and regulations brought about by the pandemic. Right. But somebody initially said, hey, wait a minute. And then whoever said, oh, it's the pandemic. We just have to let it slide. Luger said the conspiracy began in March 2020 in the early days of the pandemic when the conspirators saw an opportunity to defraud the government. And the opportunity they saw was the allowance of private entities to partake in feeding the kids, which these private entities never did. They were too busy buying Porsche Panameras, exotic homes, jewelry, foreign vacations, and property. What do we say about children are the last... Whatever about no patriotism is the last scout seen but not heard. (laughs) Seen but heard, not heard. Matthew, (laughs) wow. (laughs) Whose whose job is it to sit there and look for loopholes like this? I'd like to know who discovered this loophole. Yeah, how sinister is that? And then shopped it around and told everybody about it. Well, then this Amy whatever bid on it and said, "Yeah, we can do this. Let's go." In in the hundreds and well, in the thousands of people employed by the state, there was somebody. You know, Jack Smith said. Wait a minute. Right. Check this out. But Something was, ain't right. He was shooed away, wasn't he? Yeah. No, I mean bad guys, Joe. Who is the bad guy that sits down? Who is and the does Simon Bar research? sinister wringing his yeah. hands going? Does, does yeah. yeah, research on the various government loopholes so he can make millions. I got an idea, fellas. Yeah. <laughs> I got a better question. Was it Amy Bach? Yeah, I don't know. Oh, good point. Could it have been Amy Bach? Well, somebody yeah. saw the loophole. She's the one that pursued the, the, uh, yeah. the lawsuit. Or did she start out small with maybe good intentions and said, uh, I'm not being checked on feeding these 25 kids. I can feed a million and get a whole bleep load of money, and nobody's checking as a result of the pandemic. We're talking about the government, people. You don't want the government to have your stuff when you... Leave this veil of tears. What do you give me? A, give me an answer. Give me you an want, answer. You want an estate plan, which oh. takes you out of probate, keeps their grubby hands off your stuff. Okay. Eckberg Lammers is the official estate planning legal firm of Garage Logic. They've been doing this for more than seventy years, serving the legal needs of individuals and businesses, and protecting your stuff. They specialize in working with people like us on estate planning. And if you don't think you need a plan, I'm telling you, you need a plan. You don't want these people involved in your stuff. We have stuff. Unfortunately, we're going to die. If you don't have a plan in place for your family, your kids, whoever you want that money to go to and your belongings, the courts are going to decide that. Not you or your descendants. Mm-hmm. The courts That's bad. get a plan. The estate planning team at Eckberg Lammers can help you make sure your estate. It doesn't make any difference what size your estate is. You don't want any of it to go to the government. They've been taking from you your whole life. Don't let them take it from you when you're not here. They'll make sure your estate uh, transitions smoothly, and that's what you want for your family. Make an appointment with Eckberg Lammers. E-C-K-B-E-R-G, Eckberg Lammers, L-A-M-M-E-R-S, EckbergLammers.com, one word, or call Eckberg Lammers. At 651-439-2878. I have an estate plan. I can't recommend it highly enough. Rook, 
Would you mind? Yeah, no, I know. I got right, you. Right, 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 right. Yeah. I'm rolling, Rook. I didn't mean that. What do I? What do I? Like what do I you gotta love him. Yeah. Kahuna. Uh, Kahuna. I love doing Kahuna spots. You know, a couple of weeks ago, when we got that big, big, huge rainfall, I was in my backyard and I was looking at the gutters. I don't remember that rainfall. Yeah, it was it was gushing. It was it was when the state fair flooded or whatever it was, yeah. and I noticed that my gutters were um, probably pretty full because there was major leakage. I'm not going up on a ladder to get those uh, gutters cleaned out. I'm calling Kahuna Window Cleaning and Seasonal Services. Why? Because they will clean out the gutters. They're also going to wash the house. They're going to wash the roof. And they're going to clean the windows with their squeegees. And they're going to be very efficient. You've heard me with my reviews of garage logicians that have already used them. Why would you do it yourself when Kahuna can do it in a spot of a moment? They'll do it so quickly you won't even know. They're here and they're gone. They're uh, veteran-owned, they're a garage logic company, and they want you to be safe. You know, uh, going up a six-foot, eight-foot ladder, I get very nervous because I do not have my balance. So why am I going to risk it? That's why you call Kahuna Window Cleaning and Seasonal Services. Their website, kahunawindowcleaning.com. Mention that you're a GLer. They're going to waive the trip charge. They specialize in safety. Ladders equipped with extra accessories that your typical ladders just don't have. Standoff, soft rubber grip pads, leg levelers. Their team receives extensive training. And when they start, and also weekly training every week at Kahuna. So don't leave anything to chance. Check out Kahuna Window Cleaning and Seasonal Services, 612-888-5248. Better yet, check out their wares at Kahuna Window Cleaning. Dot com. There must be a kid at our house. Why? It's got a text. Hi, Joe. Thanks for your Xfinity purchase of Peppa Pig when I grow up. <laughs> HD movie for seven ninety nine. Yeah. Enjoy, thanks. enjoy <laughs> the show. Yep. Thanks, Grandpa. Can't you get that crap for free? No, Papa Joe. It's costly. That's why they go to you. You got that fake GL money. That little creep is sitting there now. Cost me eight bucks. Yep. And that's just the start of it. Yeah. Hey, what's your uh, Xfinity password, by the way? Can you lay that down over here? <laughs> One, two, three, main. Russia will never get that. I thought it was Mama Likes It Hot. Yeah. Johnny Heights up. Well, I'd hope At so. least it's you can watch it when you get after home, one. Right. You can watch it. <laughs> I like Peppa Pig. Peppa Pig. Yeah. We're They're a big. Always uh, on vacation. We're a big Craig of the Creek. I don't know Craig of the Creek. That's a good Craig one. of the Creek. Rook, something happened here. We're a big bag of Crick. We lost a lot of the description. It's Crick, isn't Crick. it? Instead of no ads, so. this is an I, I touched You know what else, though? I they're, touched something. They're really big into Looney Tunes now, which is great. This I guy wish many. I love Looney Tunes. Although the new ones are not. Not as good. No, the new ones are awful. Yeah. You got to have Elmer shooting Daffy right in the face yeah, blast with a shotgun him. so his beak spins around his Kenny, head. I'm glad yeah. you brought that up. Can you imagine what we watched when we were kids? Oh, my goodness. It wasn't a cartoon unless uh, Elmer got shot point blank in the face. Yeah. Yep. That stuff, why didn't we turn... <clears throat> That didn't phase us because we, we were smart enough to know it was a cartoon. Because we weren't. <laughs> oh, John Height, I got a musical. 
thing for you. Oh, yes, sir. You ever hear of a group called the Winstons? The Winstons didn't they do Color That's, My Father? Color That's, me, fa- color me, father. Kill, that sounds like a folk father. Is that a folk group? That no, like no, it's a no, black a blues soul group. group. Soul group. Yeah. Here's the deal. Play it. Play it. Play it. I 1969. This was released, and the lyrics father. should be posted in every public square in America. That's a, that's a great song. This, this was 1969. Somebody play it. What's the song? Color me color, father. No, or, color color him father. Color him father. I got to color him father. You know how his dad works hard all day and comes home and loves the kids. And it's just, it's an extraordinary color message. The There's Winston. a lot of soul songs from that era that had extraordinary messages, actually. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it was wonderful. On every vacation at a verbal home, there's someone like Tom you. Weiler. Who reunited the Do we family. want him on? Who's he? He's running for. Isn't he running against the. Uh, oh, this is nice. Felicity Kenny. Oh, it's a great song, yeah. Here's the Winstons with Color Him Father from 1969. On the GL Soul Station. Posted. He goes to work each day, stays the whole day long. He comes home each night, looking tired and beat. He sits down at the dinner table and has a bite to eat. Never a frown, always a smile. But he says to me, How's my child? I said that I've been studying hard all the days in school. Trying very hard to understand the golden rule. And I got cut in color. I'm looking for love. I'm looking Isn't it beautiful? I've never heard that song Isn't before. Isn't it neat? Yeah, that was pretty big. Awesome. Did you guys see the lightning last night? Yeah, wasn't that cool? I took video of it because Joe said it wasn't going to rain. And uncannily, St. Paul did not get a drop of rain. Matthew, last night, you're not going to believe this. I woke up to the sound of thunder. Sound of music? How far off? Did you often wonder? Did I wonder? I sat and wondered. Yeah. Then I started humming a song from, I don't know, 1963. 1963, yeah. Shit, were you working on the night moves? Ain't it funny how the night moves, my Ain't friend? Ain't it funny? Ain't it funny? Oh, well, last night the sound of thunder. That's where we today. One of the greatest. Uh, one of the, I saw him when he was here, I and I had too. never seen him before. Seeger, I've never seen him. I, I was like, so I happy. Never have either? Yeah, I saw him at uh, XL. Yes, I didn't like Bob Seeger until um, I was told uh, the roommate doesn't like Bob Seeger, and then I fell in love with him and started playing everything. <laughs> There, you know, you could make the argument there would have been no Eagles without Bob Seeger. Who weren't the Eagles? Didn't first? he mentor Glenn Fry? Well, he was a little too tall, could have used a few Fry, pounds. Yeah, Fry grew up in Detroit. Great choice. Seager and hung out with Bob Seeger yeah. as a young yeah. guy getting lessons from him. Is it wrong to have Bob Seeger on the funeral song list? No. Well, what, Anything what song would you play? Uh, hold on. I'm trying to think. Hollywood what? Nights. 
No. Sport body smoke, uh, slowly swaying to that smoky beat. Doesn't that just paint a great picture? Main Hollywood Street. Nights is Bob Seger. I think I'm going to put Color Him Father on the funeral list. Isn't that a great I one? I got the color. Yeah, Bob Seger did that song. What are you guys um, talking about? I have, night, I have, night, I have night yeah, moves Bob on Seger. my uh, funeral song list. That'd be great. What about the leader of the band? Dan Fogelberg. Who's got something here? Who's got something here? Like a rock here. Like a rock. Color and Father hit number seven. Play a Dylan song. Not Bob Dylan. Dylan Hyde. Play a Dylan song. Let's go. Color and Father hit number seven. Color and Father actually charted on the country charts. John said charted. And I'm in Colorado. Wow. Oh, I'm trying not to be profane. One went uh, to Kenny. Chicago. Maple Grove. The two Rock. Paul. Rock. Don't you wonder who came to St. Paul? No. Mark Twain that, did. Don Fo- in that Fogelberg song? Did no. his brother live here? Don. Don. Don Rook, really? No. Try again. Dan. 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 He's Dan. a man who spins. <laughs> don't you wonder, though, in that song he no, said that's wonder. about his dad dying. I don't care. You do care, care about it. You do. You do. Why do you hate Dan Fogelberg? He might, Come on! He might, have, just, he might have just made it up. I want to know if his brother lived in St. Paul. All right, I'm rolling. I think he hates Dan Barrero, not Dan Fogelberg. Oh, yeah. Well, I don't. I don't hate people. <laughs> well, you hate us. <laughs> well, strong dislike. Well, you hate us. You're not yeah. even yeah. strong dislike. <laughs> Reavers, uh, I'm rolling. You're does, barely humanoid. Does Kenny have something in He sure does. In hardware stores. Sifting through the bones of life. Joe Souchere. Well, we're we're in the final days, the final I'll days say. of the Labor <laughs> Day <that> right. <laughs> Liberty wow. Limited Edition Flag Safe Sale. The Liberty Day, the Liberty. No, let me try. You this got again. through the flag stuff perfectly. The Labor Day Limit, the Labor Day Limited, <laughs> the Labor Day Liberty Limited Edition Flag Safe Sale. The Labor Rubber Day Limited Baby Buggies. Anyway, it's uh, at Maple Grove Lock and Safe. I can't say it. Three uh, three offerings on the sale block. The Centurion Twenty Four. That's uh, keep keep going, John. That was pleasant. Well, no, I was just that was the only thing not. Trying to do color color. Are you trying to do color color him father? No, I was playing along. Oh, Dylan, yeah, Dylan. do that. Uh, the Centurion Twenty Four Flag Safe, textured white, forty minute fire rating, electronic lock, and the the Colonial Twenty Three and the Colonial Fifty. Both gloss white, both have 75-minute fire ratings, electronic locks, installed door panels, and single outlets. The Liberty brand. Keep playing because it'll drown out the sound of Kenny. Thank you. (laughs) Safes are on sale. Yeah, what do you got in a safer? I've got a client that pays a hell of a lot of money to Garage Logic called Maple Grove Lock and Safe. And they don't need to hear bullshit like that. Uh, Rookie, not me. Rookie, not me. Uh, anyway, was uh, where was I? Liberty Brand, the best built brand of safes on the planet, made right here in the United States, offered locally at Maple Grove Lock and Safe. It's the final week of the month-long Liberty Safe Sale, 6901 East Fish Lake Road in Maple Grove, and on the web, maplegrovelockandsafe.com. Uh, while John is getting ready to do his newscast, Chris, do you have Kamala? Oh, that's right. Uh, Vice President that. Harris was blasted for another repetitive word salad that went viral yesterday. Harris was at Chafin University. I'm sorry, Clayfin University in South Carolina with Education <laughs> Secretary Miguel Cardona for what was billed as a roundtable discussion with student leaders. At one point, she started talking about how the Biden administration has invested in community banks and got stuck on the word community. 
Yep. Give me a minute. Give All me right. Minute. Uh, we invested an additional $12 billion, and she goes on to make no sense. It's quite an embarrassment that this woman is the... Uh, so we invested an additional $12 billion into community banks because we know community banks are in the community and understand the needs and desires of that community as well as the talent and capacity of community. Wow. Greatest orator since Winston Churchill. <laughs> Have to look up larger. Yeah, me too. Just a oh, profound, geez. profound woman, isn't she? No. Okay, here's John Height in the newsroom. Okay, thanks, Joe. The Minnesota Bureau of Criminal Investigation looking into an apparent self-inflicted gunshot incident that followed a police shootout in Minneapolis. Uh, Minneapolis police say second precinct officers went to a home on the 3400 block of Fifth Street Northeast after a 911 caller hung up on dispatch. Officers tried to communicate through a window with people inside the home. They were directed to the back of the house. Police say officers went through an unlocked back door, announced their presence, and then they heard what they call cries of distress. Police say a man then confronted one of the officers with a gun, prompting an exchange of gunfire. Unclear at this time who fired first or how long the gunfire lasted. Police uh, were said to have gone outside then after the exchange when one of the people inside the house told officers the man with the gun had shot himself. A woman, girl, and boy left the house as officers secured the area. They re-entered the home and found a man in his 50s with an apparent fatal gunshot wound on the floor. The officer involved in the exchange for gunfire taken to the hospital for unspecified injuries. He has since been released, according to police. The Minneapolis Bureau of Criminal Apprehension now involved after being requested by the Minneapolis Police Department. What was the address there, John? You said 3400 it. block of Fifth Street Northeast. Fifth Street. Okay. Thank you. A strange story from Sock Rapids. Police say a man attacked a train engineer with a knife Tuesday morning in that area. According to the Sock Rapids Rapids Police Department, the suspect allegedly climbed onto and entered the cab of the train engine and assaulted the engineer with a knife at about 8.18 in the morning. The engineer escaped from the cab, jumped off the moving train, according to the report. Police say the train then rolled to a stop a couple of miles away in Sartell. At that point, officers arrested a 42-year-old man near the area where the train stopped and took him to the Benton County Jail. The engineer was taken to St. Cloud Hospital, non-life-threatening injuries. The Santa Fe Burlington Northern train engine was reportedly pulling a rock train out of St. Cloud onto the main line headed north. A BNSF spokesperson told our friends down at KSTP-TV the company's priority is the safety and well-being of the employees involved in the incident, which they say is still being investigated. Yes, sir. Uh, John, since you didn't lead with it, I'm going to assume that you don't have it because it's just being announced via various social media sites. But there have been four different cases of active shooters around the state of Minnesota at various high schools. um, Today? Right now, going on right now. The first one started at 1030 this morning at Rochester Lords High School. Law enforcement entered the building to work on it to be cleared. Does not appear to be report of any injuries. There's another one at Mankato West High School in which the FBI informed uh, that there have been numerous unfounded reports of active shooters in Minnesota cities all throughout the state this morning. I'm Chris, I'm seeing that they're all hoax calls. Okay. They're all hoaxes. Okay, good, yeah, that's good, 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 good. Okay, sorry. Yeah. I, sorry, thank you for yeah. clarifying that. And there was another one at Washburn High School in Minneapolis as well. Okay. 
Okay, Wowzers. But doesn't that just go to show you what our instant reaction is when we see something like that? But that, why would there have been coordinated hoax calls? Kids. Kids are stupid and they have nothing Training. better but to do. But is there something yeah. significant about today? It's, it's right. the new bomb scare to get out of tests. Yeah. And I think the, the, Lord, the Lord's one I saw a little while ago, so that one was probably first, and I suppose at that point, perhaps. The dominoes caught, just fell after on. that. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yep. Boy, that's just sad. Uh, nearly two dozen Minnesota county sheriffs are backing Republican Jim Schultz in his closely watched race to unseat Keith Ellison. Go Schultz! No kidding. The 22 sheriffs who endorsed Schultz on Tuesday include Ramsey County Sheriff Bob Fletcher, Dakota County Sheriff Tim Leslie, Anoka County Sheriff James Stewart, and Washington County Sheriff Dan Starry. Fletcher said his endorsement of Schultz marks the first time he's backed an attorney general candidate for his law enforcement career, which has spanned almost 50 years. Schultz, who has also been endorsed by the Minnesota Police and Peace Officers Association, said he will announce more law enforcement endorsements in the coming weeks. Schultz and Ellison, according to most of the polls right now, are nearly deadlocked in the battle in the latest poll was a Star Tribune NPR News Care 11 Minnesota poll that found 46% of respondents in favor of Ellison, 45 backing Schultz. Ellison's narrow lead falls within the poll's margin of error. A former Minneapolis police officer who pleaded guilty to a state charge of aiding and abetting second-degree manslaughter in the killing of George Floyd was sentenced today to three years. Thomas Lane already serving a two-and-a-half-year federal sentence for violating Floyd's civil rights. When it comes to the state's case, prosecutors and Lane's attorneys had agreed to a recommended sentence of three years, and prosecutors did agree to allow him to serve that penalty at the same time as his federal sentence, and he can do that in the federal prison. The Attorney General of New York State has filed a civil lawsuit against Donald Trump and members of his family, the culmination of a years-long investigation of financial practices at the Trump Organization. Letitia James announcing the suit in New York City today. Uh, The New York suit represents an escalation of serious legal jeopardy for the former president. He's already facing that on a number of fronts, including possible indictment over his retention of classified records. A statement said James' suit was filed against Trump, the organization. It also alleges with the help of his children, Donald Trump Jr., Ivanka Trump, and Eric Trump, and senior executives of the Trump organization, falsely inflating his net worth by billions of dollars to induce banks to lend money to the Trump organization on more favorable terms. I bet this uh, guy couldn't get 10 dollars But it's, Okay, but if you have a spreadsheet, if you came to me as a banker and 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 said... I need uh, this loan. I need to see that you actually have this loan. I don't know what to tell you. Does he have friends in banking that just say, oh, you're Donald Trump, you can do it? I guess. Banks don't work that way. Well, apparently Deutsche Bank, uh, from what I've been reading this morning, is heavily involved in some of these loans, and and they, they may have... Thinking we will were. get you the loan. Oh. Yeah, it's yeah, you know what? It's, you have you, precise you, records. What are you thinking about? <laughs> what are you thinking about? About another yeah. loan. As an example, the suit says uh, that a lot of his properties, including Mar-a-Lago, he valued that as high as seven hundred thirty-nine million dollars. The actual valuation about seventy-five million, so almost <laughs> ten times the price. Yes, you can't. <laughs> Okay, thank you. Hold on. No. Hello, can finish. What's going on? Is it a report? We are sinking. We are sinking. Hello? This is the German Coast Guard. We are sinking. We're sinking. What are you 
thinking about. <laughs> so, didn't the president, uh, when I get a, a loan, uh, they have to come in and give me an appraisal and tell me what my house is worth? Well, it, funny you should mention that, Kenny, because one of the other things, uh, apparently his apartment, he, he said it had 30,000 square feet. It actually has 11,000 square feet. So where was somebody coming in to measure oh, and say, off. hey, um, I think this is off just a bit. Yeah, the appraiser is so, going to catch Is the there appraiser in trouble? Staggering. What if he described it as a student loan that it would just be forgiven like everybody else's? Let's right. try that next, please. <laughs> what if the appraisal appraiser says your uh, house is worth X amount? Um, but your tax valuation is much cheaper. Mm. Do you tell anybody about no. that? You just no. keep that under your hat. <laughs> well, whenever I get denied for a loan, usually what happens is whenever I get denied for a loan. Right. Okay. Got it. Russian President Vladimir Putin. Everybody stared, a... me, stared at me and said, yeah, that's pretty believable. That's not even funny. <laughs> 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 they thought I was telling a story. Right. <laughs> We're waiting for the last half right, of the story. Right. <laughs> Russian President Vladimir Putin ordering a partial mobilization of reservists Wednesday, taking a risky and deeply unpopular step that follows setbacks for his troops nearly seven months after invading Ukraine. The first call-up in Russia since World War II is sure to further fuel, uh, fuel tensions with the Western backers of Ukraine. Mm -hmm. The Kremlin has struggled to replenish its troops in Ukraine, reaching out for volunteers to serve in battalions. And of course, as we told you yesterday, there have even been reports of widespread recruitment of prisoners in prisons. Uh, speaking of Russia, from uh, while this really isn't a surprise anymore category, an aviation expert has become the latest Russian official to fall to his death. In he fell down, circumstances. John? He did, yeah. He's Anatoly Garashenko, the former head of Moscow's Aviation Institute. He died in a fall inside the Institute's headquarters. Apparently, he fell down a lot of steps. Oh, that's a shame. <clears throat> yeah. You'd think he'd have better he was, balance. He was pronounced dead at the scene. Oh, what did uh, he do to irritate Putin? Yeah, it right. doesn't say. I, I did look that up. Does it, it matter? It say, yeah. A commission is uh, being established at the Institute to look into the circumstances um, of his death. Maybe, I don't know, it might seem harsh, but maybe that's what this country needs. Uh, the fear of accidental death. If you're one of the secretaries in the, the cabinet, if you uh, don't not, do. No, I don't think that's what this that's, country that's, needs. We don't need that? No, okay. We don't need I, that. I don't, right. I don't think so. I don't either. think we want that. No. Okay. I wish I knew when Kenny was joking. <laughs> uh, this uh, story, Joe, how would you do with this? At the new Fresh Walk restaurant in Falcon Heights, yeah. they now have two robots on the wait staff. I ain't in any place that I, with, with <laughs> a that robot. Does that mean no tipping? Nope. No Min robots. Zhang, Min Zhang uh, works there, says they're both good workers, and then giggled. Thian Ange is the founder of Durobotics and Egan Robotics Company. He says he's been renting the two devices at the restaurant since June. Now, they do come with some human backup. Ange said mainly the robot can be a runner. A waiter can be reinforcing with a customer and talk to them, uh, be there when someone says, hey, we need something. The owners say during the pandemic, they had to close for months, then pivot to takeout service. And during that time, five employees left to take other jobs. They weren't able to find replacements. Uh, ben Wogsland, the executive vice president of Hospitality Minnesota, says it's a familiar problem right now. He says they're down about 22,000 workers statewide from pre-pandemic levels in the hospitality sectors. And some are turning to tech like these robots. 
The location of each table in this restaurant is pre-programmed into a touchscreen activated by a person. There's also a built-in 3D program that provides depth perception like a pair of human eyes. Ainge says, like it, we'll actually see the table, see the desk, see the people. So the algorithm will have the robot avoid the obstacles and not run into it. When the robot gets to your table, the tray with your order lights up. Nope. Customers then have to grab their See, own food. No, no, no. This no. doesn't work for me. Since the beginning of COVID, this country has taken an ugly turn. I no longer recognize the country we used to call the United States of America. This business now at restaurants and um, big box stores where you have to do all the labor yourself. Yeah. That's I not for Kenny. When I'm right. done... When I'm done, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to hold up my hand and the pen, uh, scratching my That's hand. That's what that, I do. That means give me the bill. Give me the bill. Uh, he or she's going to bring the bill. I'm going to give them my credit card, and then I'm going to come back, and I'm going to enter in the tip, or I'm going to pay cash, one or the other. Now, when you do that, they come over with the little credit card machine, and they hand yeah. it to you. Well, I don't you know have to do, do that. I don't want to do that. Uh, that I'm, I'm not interested You're in that. You're upside down. There's a couple of big box stores where going in the checkout line where a human being is, is no longer an option. Let let me, let me tell you a story about a a certain Fred, a certain company based here in the twin cities, a fairly large chain of stores. You, you know who I'm talking about. I was there, my wife and I last week. Walmart? No. Close in, close in. John's trying not to insult the company. Stop blurting, Joe. They don't add with us. So uh, my wife and I are going up to pay and all of the number one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten are not lit up and nobody's there. Huh. Only the self, mm-hmm. you know, the self. So we walk over there and we start ringing it up, which I normally do anyway. I like to use it so I don't have to deal with people. Yeah. So I start ringing up and my wife says to the person who's watching the self, uh, you know, ringing thing says, what's, what's the deal with none of the things open? She said, oh, the, the big shots are trying to, get us not to have to open those every day. Oh. Wow. Oh. Wow. So there you go. The there complete go. 100% wrong way to run your business. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I mean, I don't like talking like to these people out. the way it is. I don't need somebody asking me how my day has been or what my plans are. <laughs> hey, what are you doing this weekend? All right? of the, I, I don't need any of that, but I would still rather have a living, breathing human being there uh, scanning my crap. I, I really understand. all throw them off by just paying cash. That just really throws them off yeah, the that, game. Uh, that, that doesn't happen anymore. Yeah. Uh, remember the big, speaking of cash, Mega Millions jackpot this summer? Not that we really. all bought tickets for? Sure yeah. you do, Joe. Yeah. We bought tickets. We now know who won, <clears throat> uh, sort of. Yeah. Two people who want to remain anonymous. I don't claim the. They've claimed the $1.337 billion, mm. with a B, Mega Millions dollar jackpot after one single ticket was sold in a Chicago suburb. Hmm. They take the lump sum payment of $780.5 million. Illinois Lottery said the prize for the drawing was claimed by two individuals who had agreed to split the prize if they won. Uh, They will remain anonymous. You can do that depending on what state you live in and the state's rules. Lottery officials said the two people have spent the last few weeks working with professional legal and financial advisors. According to Megamillions.com, one jackpot-winning ticket was bought at a Speedway gas station and convenience store in the Plains. Who is first Illinois. to die? Which guy is first to die? Reavers. <laughs> oh, 100% it's going to be of me. Us. Yeah. What are you of us. Yeah. Of, of, if we all won the lottery. If each one of us were to win the seven or take home the 700 mil, 
who would be the first to die doing something really stupid? Yep, it'd be me. <laughs> and my last words would be, watch this. Yeah, watch this. Hold my beer. Oh, <laughs> Yeti coolers. You know Yeti coolers? Oh, I love the Yeti. Yeah. Are they just too much, though? No, they're fantastic. They're I a lot of money. Yeah, you're, well, you're paying for a, a name brand is what okay. you're doing. Yeah, but they're worth they're, it. Well, they may, there's other companies that make the same stuff. What's wrong with a, a lot, plastic bag full of ice? That's not the old Coleman, is it, over there with the red cooler? <laughs> Yeti coolers are washing up on the shores of Alaska. After ship a cargo down? ship, yeah. cargo ship oh. unintentionally sent a few cases overboard. Oh, boy. All told, 109 cooler containers dropped into the sea near Washington's Olympic Peninsula last year. Now residents of the area are setting off on foot, in some cases taking flight to scout out a free cooler of their own. And uh, yes, as Kenny said, Yeti's average size coolers can run up to $800. Its most expensive options cost $1,500. You're paying ten grand for a flight to find a $25 cooler. <laughs> Your math's a little bit off, but... Yeah. You're buying the badge with Yeti. There's other coolers that do the same thing. Yeah, but I like the fact that if I put some ice in her on Friday, it's still going to be there Sunday afternoon. I like, like that. What I keep saying to you is there's other coolers. I know. Have you, uh, have you seen the, the Yeti? I think it's a Yeti ad where they burn in house fires and they open them up and they're, they're still ice in them. Yep. Have you seen that? Yes. That's yes. Thrilling. That is. That is legit. <laughs> it's just really one of life's simple pleasures. <laughs> Uh, about 230 whales have been stranded on Tasmania's west coast. Have you seen this video? Very disturbing. Yes, I feel sorry for the whales. I do too. Yeah, they're just lying there. Just <laughs> days after 14 sperm whales were found beached on an island off the southeastern coast, these 230 whales have washed up. The pod, a bunch of whales called a pod, That's which, right. is stra- which is stranded on Ocean Beach, appears to be pilot whales at least half are presumed to still be alive. A team from Marine Conservation Program assembling whale rescue gear and heading out to the area. They're calling it a massive event. Here's, they would like here's to what, save here's, as many as they here's, can. Here's what you do. Uh, you kill them all. You cape them. You gut them out. Um, you quarter them out. And that's how you feed the world's hungry children right there. Whale meat. I met a guy last night who was uh, got a rolling bicycle repair shop. And he mentioned that he even repairs electric bikes. But Hmm. the bikes you get from EcoFund, A, they're probably not going to need any urgent repair. And B, EcoFund Motorsports, not to take away this guy's business, but EcoFund Motorsports has great repair. Was the name of this guy's rolling bike service called Bike City? Nope, it was not. (laughs) All right. In fact, I don't know what the name was, but I'm talking about EcoFund Motorsports, your your electric bike headquarters with the new store in Forest Lake on 97 just immediately west of the interstate 35 and the new location in burnsville on the service road off 35w electric bikes scooters that turn every urban errand into an adventure youth atvs helmets apparel and really really great service and uh, great service when you purchase the electric bike a lot of ride riding season left get the right tires the right seat the right handlebars the right size it'll make a Great deal of difference when you're out there speeding by people who don't have electric bikes and you go <laughs> go flying right by them because you have the electric assist. This is EcoFun Motorsports with a great website too, EcoFunMotorsports.com. You're done. 
yeah, but I got things here. Okay, we're done with ads. Right, but I'm going to save this for tomorrow. I'm going to save this for tomorrow. Color him father. I got to color him love. Well, it's just the exact opposite of what's happening today. That song. The kid even talks about how working hard in school and Jesus Christ, what happened? What happened? Are you praying? Yeah, yeah. Where where did you discover this? I've heard it uh, twice in my life, and as recently as yesterday was one of those times. You, you didn't listen to much music growing up, did you? Uh, more than you, probably. Uh, <laughs> well, how come I knew that song when I was 12? Because you're nuts. Because you're a freak. Because you got a one-track mind. Joe, Joe, I just told you that hit number seven in the U.S. How could well, you, you had to somebody, look that up. Someday, but it hit number seven. But it hit number seven. I don't recall that song. Eventually, from 1969, seriously, I don't recall. You're going to have to come to terms, Such, someday, eventually, that uh, not only do you not know anything about music, (laughs) you have the most pedestrian taste in music (laughs) and literature of anybody I've ever met. Holy moly. And literature, too, huh? Yeah. I didn't say that, Joe. Kenny did. Did you just finish a book called Lessons in Chemistry about feminism and atheism? You no, like I read reading, that last week. You yeah. like reading books about murders on the range. Big deal. Murders on the uh, range. In lessons in chemistry, range. there's no, uh, it takes place in California. There's no range. There's no murders. Uh, I don't know what you're babbling about. <laughs> some Russian nonsense about some kid who hey, got lost speaking in of the that, shuffle. Remember the great book by the one-time wonder, what was his name? It was called Windshield Factor. Local author, Windshield, Windshield Factor. Factor. That was really good. I can't remember the guy's name. Stephen Factor. No, you're thinking of the weatherman. Uh, Thomas Gifford? Thomas Gifford. Gifford. The Windshield Factor yeah. was a big hit. That had to be a what, early 70s, did it say? Uh, 75. 75. And yeah. I wonder if he's still with us. I no. recommend that book. It was really good. But uh, commies. Let's look him up here. But Thomas, he died in 2000, Joe. I'll be damned. Uh, How old was he? Best-selling author. He was 63. That's pretty young. Dubuque, Iowa. He's the Duke from Dubuque. He's the Duke. You know, Duke, probably Duke, Duke, Duke of yeah, Earl. Yeah, Duke, I think you Duke. just proved Kenny's point. You know, Duke of Earl, but not Duke of yep. Dubuque. Right there. Duke, right Duke, there. Duke of Dubuque, Duke, Duke. Why are you still here? Can we get this over with? I got nowhere Why else are to you go. Still I got here. nothing else. I've got things Why I'd are you like to be doing. Here. What am I, Admiral Scott? What's his name? Stockdale. Stockton. He, Stockton. Stockton. he wrote a bunch Dale. of books after that, Joe. Stockdale? Stockdale. Uh, they look like they're all uh, mysteries, kind of. He also used a different name to write some books. Hmm. In the 80s, for some reason. Federal Maybe authorities have charged a 48th person. Yeah. Oh, and the food fraud scheme. Feeding our future. Good. McFira Mc, Mc, Hussein booked a one-way flight to Addis Ababa, which mm-hmm. was scheduled to depart today at 6.32 p.m. I hope they got him. He was flying Sun Country Airlines. <laughs> Not to Addis Ababa. <laughs> well, he might be going to Newark and then... Uh, 
Qatar. It shows Airlines. you what kind of ego most of these people have that they didn't flee. They really thought they were going to get away with this. Let's go here. Yeah, oh, let's get this no. show on the road because I've got things to do. Yeah. He, he lived He lived in the Twin Cities, Joe. You are yes, correct. He did. I think Jonathan yeah. Lazier was his agent. Oh, then he moved. He I moved to Jonathan. He went to Long Point. Yeah. The guy that was arrested? He, no, he was not arrested. Yeah. <laughs> Jonathan did Angeles. the media um, uh, stuff too, didn't he? Jonathan, he was an agent. He did a great book for Tim Rumsey called Pictures of a Trip or Pictures from a Trip. Pictures of Lily. Kenny Let's loves here. listening to people but, uh, talk but, about their vacations. Pictures can you of play trip. the damn song? Well, shut up. Maybe he will. I've had my hat on for the whole show. Yeah, how does I he know, get away I with that? Wow. Joe even played the bumper saying, no hats indoors, and Kenny's got his hat on. Hi, Joe. He doesn't have his headphones on. <laughs> is this Tears for Fears? Who is this? <laughs> Shout. Shout. Let it all out. These are the days I've been talking about. Come on. Wow. I'm talking to you. Come on. Well, that's it. I gotta go. I do too. That was delightful. I enjoyed that. One more note. Maybe it won't be the last. On Winner's Gas Station and uh, Merwin's Liquor. Lindale and 38. And you know that Keith Ellison, the uh, attorney general, sprang into action to get tough on crime by blaming the owners of the businesses. Uh, his son represents that area. Oh, yeah. Jeremiah yeah. Ellison. Yeah. And uh, Bert writes, I have my opinions on the situation at Broadway and Lindale, but I'll save those. However, I have an important question. Is that Ellison's district? And where the hell is the city council on this matter? Not a peep from these clowns. I'm glad they are all worried about climate change. It seems to me this would be a situation where a city council should be front and center. We push for peace and violence interrupters are just examples of the lunatics taking over the asylum. One big protection racket. That's what it is. But Keith, uh, Jeremiah Ellison represents that part of North Minneapolis. Have you heard anything from him on this? Of course not. Only because they come to us all the way from Marloth Park and Mumpumalong to South Africa from the traveling linemen. On this day. Today is September 21st, the last official day of summer. In 1805, Lieutenant Zebulon M. Pike reached the mouth of the Minnesota Wakpa, Minnesota River. Stops at Witka Tanka, later called Pike Island after him, and raised the stars and stripes inside present-day Minnesota for the first time. Wow. Mm. Nice. On this day in 1836, fur trader Alexander Fairbull, son of Pelagi Fairbull, contracts with Mason Michael LaLaire to build a house in Mendota. That's a pretty weak day for us. That's kind of weird. That's That's all we had today. That's who the city of Fairbull was named after. That Fairbowl gets in this days in history more often well, than any other city. We're a very important uh, piece of the state, Joe. Apparently you are. I don't know why. Is there a river there? A couple. The Minnesota? We got the Cannon. The Cannon. The Cannon River, I love which the Cannon rookie river. likes to frequent. I annually, too. The down. Straight River. 
uh, runs through town. Is that yep. does that go pretty in narrow, fact, or is that Joe, the next time you've got a hankering for some golf, why don't you and I take up the par three, the old straight river par three, huh? Straight river. Yeah, I gotta huh. There is right. not one sober person on that golf course, oh. even during the week. Is that where Pat fell down the hill after he teed off? No, that was in uh, that was in Maple Lake. Okay. I, as a 53-year-old at the Nativity County Fair on Saturday night, rode on the Tilt-A-Whirl. Thank you. From Selner Manufacturing. Selner Manufacturing. Fair about By the way, tomorrow morning... I am requiring you all to tune in to Minnesota Live tomorrow, where I'm going to be a guest, and uh, no. I will be featuring five cool facts Can't. about myself. Five. I have cool been asked to. Uh, about myself. I have been asked. What? <laughs> during Minnesota Live between nine and ten tomorrow oh. on Channel Five, I will be. Uh, Wait a minute. We cannot conclude the show yet. Please tell me this is taking place downstairs in the studio. Yes, I have to come in studio oh, to. Uh, oh, you should not. Five told me about this. myself. That, I am uh, going to go down there. <laughs> Joe, do you want to come in? And, why don't you sit in with me too, Joe? No. Five fun facts about <laughs> Joe, and then afterwards you can guys go like, look at the village. I like wooden boats. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I believe the trunk of my car propped up so people don't put groceries on it. <laughs> That's number two. You want number Joe, three? Joe, you're getting picked on a lot today, aren't you? What would be number three if Joe was to introduce five fun facts? I about wear dark socks with Bermuda shorts. <laughs> and finally, number four, I hate the people I work with. <laughs> 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 At least one of those five is accurate. So have you whittled it down, the five that you're going to use? I don't have, I, I responded with them to, to Kate. I don't have five cool facts about myself. I, I don't. This is going to well, be what you work with. What, what's, wrong, what's wrong with them if they would do this? Scraping the bottom of the barrel. They really, they really Everybody Let's else see. said no. You work at the airport. Your friend works at the airport. Yep. Uh, that's kind of a fun fact about you. You, you. paint your wife's toenails. You paint your wife's oh, toenails. I'd love to do that. Very sexy two. thing to do. Joe, what would be a fun fact about Rookie? Uh, he can do voices. It's <laughs> <laughs> really digging deep there. Really digging deep. Hey, PodMN, if you're sick of this podcast and want to find others, check out the wow. library at PodMN on your smartphone. And if you're going over to YouTube, subscribe to Garage Logic on YouTube and join the fun. Cha? Cha? I'd like to say cha. That's a, cha. Is that a cool fact? Not really. You can't really go anywhere with that, no. can you? Ross? Oh. Tell me when we're not on. <laughs> Five fun That's the difference yeah. between you and I. When they ask me to do something like that, I tell them to go to hell. There's no yeah. way I'm going on I'm the TV. Well, that's I, what I want to say. I don't want to be on the No, thing. I don't think you should. <laughs> I don't think you should. See, that's the difference. My ego makes me want to be on TV. I, I My fat doing face TV. makes me want to stay off TV. So I have to go do that tomorrow, and go. then I have my other interview at noon tomorrow. Well, that's right, you're not here. I think one thing? of your yeah. one of your fun facts I just about can't you. Thank you for your devotion. Hey, Matthew. Yeah. <laughs> one of your fun facts should be I can make my bosoms wink. I could oh, do that, right. and then just yep. give them the all. Yep. Pull the shirt up, give them the oh, winking Jesus. bosoms. No, rookie. Seriously, you know what you should do? Say I know former Governor Ventura personally, and then call him. All right, everybody. You should just call him. Rookie, I'm seeing you on Minnesota Live right now with Billy Pierce. Tell that story. 
real quick for the listeners who are still watching this. That, yeah, we're wreck. watching the Vikings game. Uh, the other night when they featured Governor Ventura prior to the Minnesota Vikings and in the intro, uh, I saw it, I watched it, and I just for the hell of it, I thought it was really cool. So I gave him a buzz. He answered right away. And I said, man, that was really cool. I had no idea you were doing that. And he mentioned to me that, um, yeah, they filmed it uh, prior to the uh, the game with the Packers, and they had to do two versions, one if they won and one if they lost. And he also informed me then, very politely and calmly, that as soon as the Vikings won, he knew which uh, clip they were going to go with. <laughs> and... Uh, by process of elimination, and I, uh, I, I thought that was nice of him to let me in a little bit. That got a big laugh. Let me Patrick. in a little bit. Yes, Pat liked that yesterday when I told the story on Monday. <laughs> but the guy is just all I want to do is tell him that, and he kept me on the phone for five extra minutes. I'm figuring he's watching the game, but it's just like I don't know if what it was a lonesome or what. Lead game it was. That was the worst game ever. He's not still coaching, is he? No. Okay. No, he's. Uh, well, I just didn't know if he was doing. Is he still off the grid down in the Baja. Yes, he he's down there full he of tortillas. Uh, I think COVID kind of kept him home, kept both of them in the house. He's what seventy-one. Well, that's what I he's, don't think he's at risk. When he was on with us, wanna... isn't that what he said? Because Joe asked him, "Why, why didn't you move, or why don't you move full time to Mexico?" And he said, "He because of Terry, he doesn't want to move her away from family." He Wasn't is that... one of the nicest wives in the world, and she is complete genuine. That's the mayor attended the St. Paul oh, yeah. annual Bye, guys. public See hearing on See, the proposed budget. Attended the St. Paul. What now? I don't know. Attended the annual St. Paul <laughs> budget. Public hearing on the city's proposed budget. Do what now? How do you think it went today, John? You're talking about crabby? Cra crabby budget. Yeah, it was fine. Okay. I mean, you know. It's been uh, gone no matter what. More examination of the food fraud in Minneapolis. It would have been fun doing that donkey donk story with Do you Don. Want food? Yes. Oh, fraud. Yeah. All right. Uh, an audio gem from Kamala Harris. Okay. Uh, Johnny Not Heights News. Let's see here. Ah, listen to the show. Another <laughs> listen to the show. Audio hey Reavers, how do I sign up so I can get this streaming thing? What do you mean? You gotta pay. Ginny called me. She's now a member of the town council. Oh. Yeah, I want to be a member of the town council. How do I get that? Um email Ross. Can he just give me a free membership? I, I don't know. That's the thing. I, I don't know how to do it. Ross is watching this. Ross, what day is up. October 2nd? That's it's a, a Tuesday? Sunday. No, Monday. it's a Sunday. Yeah. I think it's a Sunday. <laughs> I should know the six is my anniversary. <laughs> and that's a Thursday. The right? fact that you know when your uh, anniversary is is somewhat disturbing. I, the only, I do know, and it's our fifteenth. And I don't. She, I said, "What do you want to do?" And she said, "I don't care." I right, said, I'm in on Friday. Okay. Hey. Five thousand. Call me if you get that gig. I'll find out. Of course, you don't answer your phone. What? 
Yep. Oh, good, I didn't answer. Yeah, I know you did. <laughs> um, did I save that already? Today's Wednesday. Tell him to put Tell his me when we're off. Tell him to put his headphones back on. All right. Put your headphones back on. I have a